the CEO of your life in biz? I'm Emily Alderson, and I'm on a mission to elevate the beauty industry one success story at a time. If knowledge is power and seeing is believing, imagine what could happen if you expanded your mind to the possibilities. What kind of shift could you make happen? This is Stories with Stylists. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today we have an amazing guest, Crystal L. She does it all, really. She's a salon owner, stylist, bridal um, hair and makeup. She also is a course creator and um, coach for other stylists. So this is really exciting to talk to you. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I sing a lot, so you'll notice like at the end of things, there'll be like a little song that happens. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for being here. We, um, I always start off with the same question for everyone. And since we were chatting a little bit prior to this, your answer is going to be real interesting. Um, so where are you from and what led you to cosmetology? Um, so I am originally from St. Louis, Missouri, but I currently live in Columbia, Missouri. And at 15, my mother told me that I would be a hairdresser and I told her she was a lie. Hairdressers <laughs> are dumb and I don't want any part of it. Um, totally eat my words. Um, so I started doing hair at a young age and mostly because I went to the hair salon and I was like, mm, I could do that a little better. And I just started like teaching and doing like home hair. Um, but the business models that I had seen for hair salons were not like the rat race was not what I was interested in. I loved teaching. So I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Um, so I went to school for education and realized real quick um I like my child and no one else's um no I didn't like the politics of education um so I went uh kind of went out of that I my big girl job I worked at the University of Missouri with minorities and sciences um and then a friend opened a salon I kind of helped her kind of think through some marketing ideas um and then one of my friends got married and it's so funny to think about like she did not do weddings Mm -hmm. um and I didn't know anything about you know wedding hair I'm great at recreating a picture of any sort for anything and so we're you know we're all there because we're in the wedding party and she's doing hair and makeup and two girls like show up late and she's like I'm gonna be late Crystal do you think you can help me and I was like what do I have to do and she showed me like a picture and I like did it and then from that moment on for like the let the next like five or six months she harassed me and she's like you should really go to hair school. I think you could have a great career in doing hair. And I was like, I already have student loan debt. I don't want any more debt, you know? And so we started to think about ways that I could get into hair, but not to do the traditional hair school. And so we researched apprenticeships and we felt like it was a good match. Um, and so I did an apprenticeship. And so um, that is how it's, it all started. Long story short. So it was a, the, that friend you apprentice under? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And three years you said it took you? Yeah. So Missouri, it's 1500 hours for regular cosmetology school and 3000 if you do an apprenticeship. But the cool part about it is I think people sleep on apprenticeships, man, because if you find the right person, one, I don't know about you, but I feel like when you go to any job or when you go to college, like you go to college and then really you don't learn how to do the job. Right. until you're like Damn at the job. job yeah and it takes you like a year so with the apprenticeship it's really cool because you're in a salon space you're really learning what it's really like day in day out 
to have clients, to really run a space. And then I got lucky is that I had the business background. So I did a lot of like the ordering management. I did a lot of the Facebook stuff. I, so I learned a lot of the running a business side while doing hair, which helped me be successful um, when I was finished. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's what is lacking a lot in this industry is that aspect of it, especially with the popularity of salon suites and booth rental. And yeah, people are going out on their own and they're just like, what do you mean I have to pay taxes? What do you mean I have to order color early? You know, like all of these different things. So I think that's really cool. And I think more people should really look into that apprenticeship. And you got paid while you were doing it? So the way it worked is you can set up in Missouri however you wanted. So what we concluded was that if you think about cosmetology school, you're not paid, right? You're, you can take out loans or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but you're, it's not a paid thing. So we did the first $1,200, 1200 hours, which would equate to hair school as being unpaid. And then after that, we set up a pretty much a commission structure. And because at that point, I would have been done with cosmetology school and we didn't want to penalize me. Um, so at that point, I started making um, a commission off of the services that I did, which was still very little because you can't charge fully. Um, but what it did do is it made me like super efficient with time. Mm-hmm. It also helped me build a clientele. So I still, I still to this day have women who were, who saw me as an apprentice who sit in my chair. Um, so I retained a ton of my clients um, when I moved on from that space. Um, to create my own. So it really gets you, um, and in the mindset of booth rent, so I can, when I finished, I was already ready to booth rent, right? So like the hardest part with, after you leave cosmetology school is like, okay, what next? Mm -hmm. I I always tell people, and I'll probably get some flack for this, but I feel like our industry lies to us. Like, and maybe it was just my perception of our industry. So my experience has been, it's like, okay, you go to hair school, when you get out of hair school, you, you go work, you work so you can get better, right? So you go work somewhere that's busy. You can apprentice, you can learn what it's really like. Then you build your clientele, right? So then you're doing great. You build your clientele. And it's like, you know, the the next thing is to be a salon owner, right? Because that's the next step. That's the next step of success. So then you go out on your own, but then nobody tells you like, as a salon owner, you got to know how to brand you got to have a vibe where people want to come to your space you got to find good workers you got to find a way to pay those good workers you got to know how to do your taxes so not only are you a salon owner you're a manager a marketer um a mentor like all while being a sometimes yeah. <laughs> yeah and so I for me it was taught that like you become a salon owner and then you have this whole financial freedom which in my case was not you know, it gave me more money, but it also gave me more responsibility, which was not necessarily what I was looking for. <laughs> um, and then with the whole sweet idea, I love that idea too, but then it comes the, the, with the sweet part. It's like, then you kind of have to work really hard for community. And then you still have to know all that business part because you still have to do all of those things. Right. Um, so it, so I tried to, I talked to cosmetology schools, um, for all hair Academy, it is for, you know, seasoned stylists, but it's also for, um, really great for students, like people who are coming out, who are at the beginning of their career, um, because it teaches you not just about 
how to brand yourself as a diverse stylist, um, but also how to have the technical skills and the confidence to work with all textures, where in my opinion, depending on where you are and where you want your career to be, if you want to be relevant in the next five years, you're going to have to understand more about diverse textures um, because the population is increasingly diverse. Yeah. Um, and when we say you want to truly be a six-figure stylist, like depending on where you live, that's not possible if you can only do one type of hair. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I've heard, well, I'll say my husband's um, cousins are mixed and they always laugh about their mom not being able to do their hair, you yeah. know, and, and that's where things are going. The colors are blending and yeah. the hair type is the hair type. I mean, hair is just hair is hair is hair is it's fabric, as you say. And so I think, yeah, so much value in learning how to work with all of it and not being scared or not feeling like you want to turn any away, anybody away. Yeah. Because you can't do something. Yeah. Well, not just, it's funny too, because my whole career, I've all, like my philosophy has always been that hair is hair. Mm -hmm. And because my apprenticeship, she did all hair. It never, for me, it was never a thing. It was just like, if I knew I wanted to be a colorist, right? So if I wanted to be a colorist, it's like, if I wanted to be the best colorist, I need to understand color on all types of hair. If you're a doctor, you go and you do rotation in everything, right? You learn everything and then you pick a specialty. I think for hairdressers, we need to realize if you want to be, um, you know, the equivalent of, a, of the doctor or the specialist of hair in whatever area, you kind of got to know it all before you pick a specialty. And I, I always tell people like, there is, there is a ton of things that I don't do, you know? Like there are a ton of services I don't offer. But for every service I offer on my service menu, I can do it on any hair texture that walks in my door. And, and that's how the world should be because that's just how the world is. And it's just not cool. I mean, and I bet for your, your um, nieces and nephews, it's just very interesting that you have to call a place and be like, hey, does somebody know how to do curly hair? And it's really like curly hair, right? Because you can have you can be any skin tone and oh, yeah. have curly hair and it'd be like, people don't know how to do curly hair. Like, you know, that's like the scariest thing ever. Um, and that's why we have curly hair specialists, but, the, and that's why we have blonde specialists. Like if you're a blonde specialist, like, and I come in and I have curls or I have dark hair, um, or I have a compact cuticle, I need you to know how to do that. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of what all hair Academy really teaches. And it teaches like the confidence for the technical side, but then the confidence for like, how do you make this authentic way of your branding um, so that you speak to clients. People want to see themselves in your chair. They want to mm -hmm. see it on their social. They want to see it. Um, and it's not just about skin color. I think we don't even look at like different body shapes, right? Or styles. We all, I feel like everything is the same body shape style with our branding, we have to kind of be aware of that too. Um, so I think coming from, you know, my background um, of just being inclusive and loving all hair, I just kind of want the world to see that that's where we kind of need to be going. And that's kind of how All Hair Academy was really, was really born. And then the aha part was like, I'm just wanna bring so many aha moments, which was totally not 
planned. I was like, oh, we're going to call it All Hair Academy. And then my amazing VA Claire was like, oh my God, aha. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. And then she's like, aha. And I was like, ah, aha. I got it. I got it. Totally, totally not planned, but worked. Or was it? Yeah. 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 Right. It was like, but was it? So that's my baby right now. That's so exciting. I think um, it is interesting. The consumers, I, I remember like as I was growing my clientele, people, when they do come in, because I worked at a salon where um, I was doing commission. And so I just, whoever came in the door, I just got whoever came in the door. Right. And I do remember people kind of sizing you up like, oh, you have blonde hair, so you must be good at blondes. Oh, you don't have curly hair, so you probably don't know how to do this. Or you don't, it, it's interesting how the consumer kind of just looks at you and that's what mm-hmm. you look like. So that's what you do. And um, I think for us to be able as a whole, as an industry to kind of like shut that down, you know, like we are professionals. Mm-hmm. This is what we can achieve for you cares what my hair looks like you know I don't even have any so like I had long hair before but I mean I think you said it perfectly like people size you up and now the way the world is going it's that whole walk-in mentality like even though you get everybody and that walk-in mentality is kind of gone even though they're sizing you up now they're sizing up your social media right so now they're sizing up like okay a lot of people are going to online booking or calling Um, because with the current climate, like walk-ins just aren't happening anymore. So now they're, even if they're wanting an appointment, they're going to go look at the website of the salon and then they're going to say, okay, here is Crystal. Let me click. And then they're going to look at my Instagram and they're going to be like, oh, well, Crystal does this kind of hair. Right. But if they don't see their hair texture on Crystal's Instagram, they're going to go to the next person because even if you can do it, they're not going to thank you because they've already, like you said, sized you up. So we have to be really mindful. Um, And then I think too, it's like, I will tell people all the time, there's been so many times where I'll start with like a teenager and the mom goes somewhere else, right? And they they bring their teenager to me because they have curly textured hair and they want to color. And and the mom's like, well, you know, it says she colors, you know, curly hair. And I see all this curly hair and um, they come, we do it. The mom's like, oh my God, I love it. And then mom we get to talking and she was like oh wow so you could do everything I'm like oh yeah I do all hair and then I at this point now I have the mom the daughter you know the son I get the whole family because the mom is like oh we can go to one place yep you know like and they'll leave their longtime stylist because it's more convenient to be like oh you know my daughter and I can go here and we have one place and we use one kind of products and it's just a one-stop shop so I think people have to, st- I've, I've gotten so many new guests from that. And then when the boys hit about 12, I'm like, and you need to go to the barbershop. Right, right. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's really interesting though. Um, and I think our industry is kind of starting to get it um, a little bit, but I think where I do it a little different is my focus is not just kinky curly hair and I feel like when people start to think about changing or learning about what they um like wanting to dive into other hair textures like it's all it all just goes like dramatically to the other side dramatically to kinky curly but that's not necessarily the case right like it it is 
you know, the major four hair types. So if you want to learn about all hair, you may be great at blondes, but you might not be great at blondes who have curly hair, whatever kind of curly hair it is, right? Yeah. So then if the you learn about- going to be different. Yeah. So if you learn about all of that, then it doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's coily, kinky, wavy, or fine, I know how to placement on curly hair. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm doing a blowout, like creating the perfect blowout. Like I want to know how to create the perfect blowout and I want to learn it on fine, medium, coarse, curly, kinky hair. I don't want to go take five classes right. for a blowout. You know, this one person, she's great on this kind, you know, this fine hair. And then this one person's great on this curly, kinky hair. How about I find this one person who can show me how to do a blowout on all four of these hair types. Yep. Like that was when I created the course, that's what I thought about. Yep. Um, because I think you, it's, it's, I think it's cooler in my opinion, mm -hmm. if you can just take one course on what you're interested in blonding and then it covers four hair techniques, four hair textures, um, blonding right. or hair cutting. Yeah. So I think I got a, I think I got a niche going here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Niche that needs to be filled for sure. I, it was interesting when you were talking about um, blowouts, I just thought back to cosmetology school because I mean, you learn to blow dry ish, right? And then the next step is press and curl, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, still, it's two very extremes and a press and curl is such an old way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And it's like not the only way. So it's like, here's your like regular hair in quotes. And then if you have kinky hair it's a press and curl you know yeah. like that's the only version yeah which is so it's like and it's so crazy because the verbiage it's like if you go it's like if I do a wash and flat iron like that process typically even for I mean there's technical things that change but my my curly haired girls who are getting blowouts mm -hmm. they're getting like brush blowouts it is truly a brush blowout, just like I would do on you. Mm -hmm. Different technique, different, um, different amount of product, sure. but pretty much like that same thing. And then I'm going to come back in if I need to and do like the smoothing. But it's not like, oh, I need to pull out this whole different technical aspect to create a, you know, a sleek, shiny blowout. Like there are obviously there are differences, but there are differences if I'm going to do, you know, someone with, with, brown medium hair you know so it's just it's very interesting and just even like when you pick up the old cosmetology books just the just the terms it's like come on people like how like where are we living so outdated yeah there's so many yeah so many different things and I think that's why like I go to the cosmetology schools and I talk mm -hmm. um because I feel like um where I live in particularly up until like um, it's been a year that they opened. There was actually zero cosmetology schools in the state of Missouri that were owned by minorities. Really? Yeah. So there's one in our town, the husband and wife, and their goal is to teach about all hair. Like they want everyone to be confident in doing everything. And I think that just makes you a marketable stylist, right? Like if you can walk into, and it makes you like, I call them the top shelf stylist. So, cause like if I, if I get out of cosmetology school, and I go to the salon of my dreams, right? And then I can say to them, hey, I want to learn how you guys do everything, but I also want to let you know that I can do all hair. Like, so whoever comes in, if we, you know, 
if we need it or whatever. And, and, and I would say where I live, 99% of the time, they're the only ones. There are people who can do certain things right. if they have biracial kids. That's typically like the criteria of like, if I do something other than, you know, yeah. the hair of the person that looks like me, it is mostly because my children are biracial. And I, and even for me, like when my son, um, my kids are biracial. So when my son was born, I didn't do hair. And I was like, I want to keep his curls. So a barbershop really wasn't an option because barbers don't necessarily pick up shears. So I, I scoured and I found a lady um, at Sheer Perfection um, and she had biracial children. And that's who cut my son's hair um, until I found a barber who could do like a fade because that's what he wanted and curls. So, you know, I know that journey. So I've been on the other side of calling all around to find someone to be able to do my son's hair, which is like, I think that's bananas. I think you should be able to call a salon and be like, I, like, now it's different if you're like, I want a full ombre or balayage or somebody who does perms. Right. Those are select services. But if I want a haircut, like, I shouldn't have to be like, is there someone there who can do textured hair? Or vice versa, calling somewhere and be like, you know, I have fine hair. Is there someone who can do my haircut? Yeah. Or even not asking, but walking into a space and being comfortable, right? Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy to me. Yeah. And I think that's importance too of all hair academy, but, you know, coming out of like that school that you mentioned, there's a difference between competence and confidence. Mm -hmm. And when you learn all the textures and all the varieties of all the things, those two are going to go hand in hand. I was a competent stylist coming out of cosmetology school, but I was not confident, you know, because I learned such a small thing. I learned just enough to pass state board. Mm -hmm. And then that was it, you know? And then when I got to my salon, they were like, you know, here's all the things that you can offer. Okay, here's someone's going to come in. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like a real, what do I do, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, and that sucks. So, I mean, you you learn it over the years, but it would be nice after paying thousands of dollars for that education to feel like, yeah, I can I can work on anything that comes in. Nerves, sure, that'll build yeah. over time, but just knowing that I am prepared for this. Yeah, just knowing the basic techniques, right? Yeah. Just like you learn the basic techniques of a you know a ninety degree haircut. It's just because I mean, with everybody, it's. Like you said, in cosmetology school, they teach us how to pass state board for the most part. Mm -hmm. So if I know the basics, then I can build on it. But if I have no foundation, I'm just going to shy away from that. And then the, then the disservice is that if I then go into a salon and nobody there <laughs> knows the basics of all hair texture, then I've built my entire career missing a huge portion mm -hmm. um so say if I want to move or I want to advance or I want to grow my space like I don't even have the basic knowledge of some parts of texture or parts of hair to even be able to help someone else yeah yeah so I just yeah I just feel like it, we gotta we gotta wake up and then even with social like that was the big thing too. Is like even when we look through like some of our major social media accounts that are the the trendsetters, we don't often see a variety of textures. I was I was I had a client who I did a blowout on on uh, Friday, and and she was like, I was like, so we're not gonna do any beach waves. 
Um, this is the beautiful blowout. And, and I was like, I want to take some pictures because I, I want to kind of show like we're going into fall and people want, you know, to go darker, um, which they really don't. You just want like a natural blonde in your hair. So we're going to put a nine in. Because mm -hmm. um, if I put this seven in here, you're going to be like, oh my God. It's black. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be back in two weeks. Mm -hmm. But I blew her out and took a picture. And, and I was like, I'm so, like, I'm really thinking about how can I be a new trendsetter? Like, how can I post a picture that's not the same curls? Because the other part is that, and then you're in California, you probably get this, you know, everybody who comes in with a Pinterest picture, right? It's the mm -hmm. same seven Pinterest pictures. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, so tell me what you do with your hair. And you're like, well, I never curl it. Um, I usually just let it air dry. And I'm like, well, you'll never have this hair. Right. Because the curls are what make the color the, look that way. Yeah, the dimension. Yeah. So like if you don't do that, you won't have this. Right. Like, and so and then you when you go like straight hair balayage, zero pictures. Because everything is curled. Like everybody's pictures are like the same beach way. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we're not doing that. And I think we can figure out more creative ways to showcase hair. I just feel like, yeah, social media and, and, and showcasing of hair and variety has really got me like uninspired. So I challenge all hairstylists to be like trendsetter. Like, because, you know, every client is not getting a beach wave. Yeah. And every client is not getting a balayage. And I think that's the misconception and the disservice to our young hairstylists coming out that compare and look up to us even though they should not compare themselves because we have this time, but they do. Mm -hmm. And when, when every one of our pictures is this perfect picture, it's really hard to live up to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and, and us talking about it, because I think we're all striving for perfection that doesn't exist. Yeah. We're just, I just tell people just to be better than you were yesterday. <laughs> That's a good one. I know. Yeah. I feel like, um, with Instagram, because it is a picture and it's just that quick flash of a picture, we have kind of created this culture around like everything has to be just so and perfectly. Like all of our clients now have to be models. And if they're mm -hmm. not, not models, then we can't use their pictures. And I think ultimately people want to see something that's attainable, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. for themselves and, and a variety. I think a variety just shows that, yeah, you are a complex stylist and we're all complex people. And Important. What would you say the difference between like having a niche and then like doing it all? Could you kind of speak to that? Uh -huh. So I think for me, I always say like it's it's where you it's about what you want to be perceived as. So like for me, I'm very niche. So my niche is color and weddings. So every single client that sits in my chair, or I would say 95% of them color. I do not have a single client who does not color. Now within that. I have every single hair texture that exists. So my niche is color. I just do it on everything. So I feel like, again, it goes back to like, if your niche is blonde, I just want you to do it on everybody. Right. I just want you to truly be that. So I, I say, you don't, when I talk about doing all hair, I'm just saying like having the knowledge of all of it. And then when you decide to be a specialist in something, you should truly be a specialist in every texture or fabric of that hair. Um, it's just like a doctor. If I deliver babies, I deliver babies. Right. <laughs> I don't, you know? Yeah. Um, so as you, and you can only niche 
by learning and doing all of it, right? So I'm sure when you started, it was like, girl, I'm doing everybody coming to the door. What are you at? What are you at? I'm doing everybody. I'm just trying to make this money. Yep. And then as you grow, you are able to then be able to say, okay, eh, I don't want to do perms. I'm not going to do any perms. Fine. Then you can say, oh, I don't want to do any men's. I'm not going to do any men's haircuts. But you're getting better at your skill set and you're growing those other people in the other areas. So they're filling those holes. And then you'll be able to grow a lot faster if you don't have to turn anything away within your category of where you want to grow. So I think that's what really happened with me. Like I did everything. I was like, and then one of the guys that worked in my space while my apprenticeship, he was a male. So he did all men's haircuts. So I got to wash like all these men's hair. Um, And I got to learn a lot about men's haircuts and learn that I don't like doing men's haircuts. Like, that's just not my jam like yeah. I do my husband and two others and I'm really trying to get rid of all of them yeah. my husband um so I didn't I didn't so as I grew I didn't take any pictures of those things because I'm I don't want anybody to know and then I just slowly was like oh I just you know I don't really do men's haircuts and I was able to like phase that out yeah. um and I phase I don't do braids or or extensions really like I'll do an extension on a client if they've been with me forever and it's just we're having a problem area um I'm certified in hotheads I'm certified in Bellamy like so I can do them all because I wanted that knowledge but it's not something that's on my service menu that I do on a regular basis Mm -hmm. um so I think that I don't know if I answered your question so I think you can be niche you should definitely be niche within a few areas um and provide an excellent guest service experience uh, on top of that. Um, but if you if you are a specialist, you should be a specialist in in on whatever what whomever walks in your door. You shouldn't have to turn anyone away. Yeah, I think that comes with knowledge is power. The power to say no because you now know better, not mm-hmm. no because you're afraid or you don't know how to do it. Do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. No, good. No, um, I was just going to ask any advice on turning away clients or did you ever have a moment in your career where you're like, okay, I no longer do this and you had to let guests go? So this is what I did. So when I decided, I, I never fired anybody. So when I decided that I was no longer doing things, I just took them off my service menu. But if you were a client that was my client, you stayed. Um, I didn't have a bunch of men to start with. So that was like, pretty easy and then the pandemic happened and they figured that this two that they were paying me money to do they could do on their own or their wives so they just those add three they the three of them just slowly mm-hmm. uh, went away um and I think one is not even has not even made it back to the salon space um and then for other things yeah I just slowly move them off of my service menu um I think that's the easiest way I'm not big on being like um, I know there's a movement of like, I only do like if, if a client is doing a haircut, like I, I don't do just haircuts anymore. I only do color. And for me, that's a struggle because I don't know, like people might not be ready to like jump all into your $300 color price, but because they want to know you. Right. And so they're like, well, let me start with a haircut so I can get to know her, her style. And then you can talk about color, but if you can't, if I can't book just a haircut with you. It's really weird for me, but I know our industry is really talking about like 
I just want to do color. And I think, so then what happens to your client, you know, in that in between? So I come and I do a balayage, you know, I don't need to be seen again for eight to 10 weeks, but I got to, but I need a haircut. Like, am I going somewhere else? Right. Like that's been a conversation that we've been having in a, in a form and group. Um, so for me, I just, they can stay as long as they're my loyal client. Um, and I will continue to do whatever that service is on them. Um, so I know like one thing is like relaxers. I don't have a lot of clients who do relaxers and the ones who do, I just slowly start talking to them about healthier ways and other options that I think that would work for what they do. Um, whether it's a keratin treatment, um, or coming more often. So I will provide knowledge, knowledge is power to, to maybe shy them away from that service. If I think it's an unhealthy service or we can do and achieve the same style in a different way. Um, but I'm not one to be like, you just can't come here. Now, what, what has happened is, um, if you have someone that's not in your target market, um, the best way to make sure that you have guests that are, are your ideal dream client is to um, give yourself a raise. Mm-hmm. I mean, price increases really thin the herd mm-hmm. um, because if they're not your ideal client and you raise your prices, it'll slowly, like some of those people who might not be doing the services that you wanna do will slowly kind of go away. Um, it has not been my experience though, um, they stay. So I have, I have like, I have a 91% retention rate. So I've, I think in 2019, I raised my prices three times and then I've raised them twice in 2020. Wow. Um, so I have not, I'm, well, I mean, and I think one thing that hairstylists have to realize is that like, we're the only, one of the only industries where people are like, when we raise our prices, like it's crazy. And it's like, no, I mean, a cost of living raise is like minimum. So mm-hmm. I think every single hairstylist in the world that you every single year should get a 3% raise because that's like the bare bottom of a cost of, cost of living. Yeah. Um, and then every other job they give promotions on when you acquire new education, right? New skills. Mm-hmm. I think you should also get a raise. Um, and then for us who've been discounting or, or mm-hmm. our price based on emotion, um, you should also get a raise. Yep. So there's a, there's a lot of things that we don't do because I think sometimes our industry is not looked at as professional yep. as some others, but like we are chemists. Um, we, w- the way we cut hair, like, you know, the skills that we have, like, like I said, I ate my words when I said that hairstylists are dumb. Like you have to, you have to know angles. You're a mathematician. Like, you know, you, there's so many things that you have to realize, like when you use products, how they work, when you use colors, the zone one, two, three, like so many, so many areas that we don't get the recognition and that we should. I think, um, you know, one of the blessings that came out of this shutdown in 2020 was that clients realized what we actually do, you know, and, and our stylists ourselves. I mean, even my root touch-ups that I kind of like don't put on my, I'm really good at root touch-ups things. My clients that I gave their color formula to and came back and I still had to do a color correction on it. Like mm-hmm. root touch-ups is a skill just because it's easy, just because they come often and do the same thing. That actually is a skill. And I think clients recognize that 
um, and stylist if you didn't realize that you're really good at that or the things that, you know, the clients that missed you so much on top of the chemistry and the math and the business and the social media, the, the personal relationships that we have to have with these people, the therapy sessions sometimes <laughs> that come along. All the time. Right. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting you say about the root touch-ups because you'll even hear people say, oh, my root touch-ups aren't that much. Yeah, because it's easy and it's not about being easy because it really isn't easy if you're really taking the time to like you're formulating you're gonna have to sometimes change you have to make sure you don't overlap you know you have to match your new if you're doing a refresh you got to match your new growth with your ends so there's still a lot um that go that goes into that so we need to quit like cutting ourselves short mm-hmm. and um realize that you know we are very valued. And I think our clients really learned that this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the things that are easy are because you're now good at it. You know, shouldn't everything at some point be easy? You know, you learn your skill, you practice it, you hone in on it. And, and then, and then it's easy, but not because it's not easy for anyone, but you're a skilled professional in it. Yeah. True. Totally true. Cool. So talk to us a little bit about the Academy. What can you expect in it? Um, So with All Hair Academy, it is a five-week intensive um, mastermind. So the cool thing about it and and why I kind of did this way is that I don't know about you, but like I've bought courses that I love and they've been great, but I need some accountability. Often, um, so this five-week program, um, it helps stylists attract diverse clientele, and like I said, be, and be confident in working with any hair textures. Um, the biggest thing is that it is um, a group of 10 women, or 10 stylists, um, and we meet uh, live once a week for an hour, um, and I give some sort of like lesson Um, based on that week and then they're given a homework assignment that they can apply and do and then they get feedback and then it's something they can immediately implement in their business so the goal of this was that I wanted it to be actionable items that create change instantly Um, so they gain um, like clarity we kind of do a roadmap um, to have the confidence to grow on all textures Um, they learn the core concepts so we kind of set up the foundation to create a portfolio um, I audit your branding and your social media and your website to help you identify like potential clients. Um, so like I said, it's broken down into five weeks. So we do philosophy. And then my favorite part that I've just watched all of my alum, um, Stacy and Baina and Shannon and Chris and um, who am I missing? Oh my God, who am I missing? Brandy. Um, and Don, all of them have taken like week two, we do, um, a brand shoot and I talk about the power of networking and creating styled shoots. So one of the reasons that I have been so successful and we talk about that whole curated, beautiful grid, um, I do brand shoots. I do on average five to seven brand shoots minimum a year. And now I have an amazing brand photographer. So we do one a month and what I do partially because I wanted all of my own clients. So every photo, everything on my website, everything on my social are all real people, which creates this thing because like people know them when they look at your website, they're like, Oh my God, that's Janet. Or that's so-and-so. 
so it creates like this web of, of knowing and it creates a network. Um, but I teach them how to set up a styled shoot, um, what to look for when they do a styled shoot. And all of them have done successfully like a full brand styled shoot, which cuts and makes life easier when you have curated pictures, when you start to write captions. Because I think pictures are the hard part for me because um, I'm just not a photographer. And then I also feel really bad, I'll just be honest, when I, at the end, which I need to get over it, of being like, okay, now I need you to pose here and put your head there and turn your head here. Now, I have the guests who love that. Yeah. Then you also have the guests, again, because I like to show a full range of clients. I have clients that I see who have textured hair. I see them every week or every two weeks, and some of them are older. And they're just like, that's, you know, Instagram, it's not their thing. And Facebook is not their thing. So they might not necessarily want a picture. But when you say, hey, I'm going to do this photo shoot and I would love for you to play model. We're going to do your hair and your makeup. You can show up, you know, however you want. And we're just going to do a full day of pampering and you'll get pictures. They're all about it. So I get- You actually offer them, you know, to do their hair in exchange for doing the pictures? Yeah. And so most of them, they all, they've paid for the service, right? So they've already paid for the service. So then it's like, I'm just going to style. So that day you're going to come in, we're going to style from start to finish. One of my makeup artists comes in and does the makeup. And then I know what photos I want to shoot. So I'm, I'll get tons of curated pictures of them. And for them, they've gotten a really cool, like glamour shot day that they would normally not get a pamper session. And then they've gotten some pictures that they can use as, as they would like, um, you know, for a Christmas card or for um, their headshot or, or their Facebook photo um, or something in their house. So I do that, like I do my clients probably two to three times a year that I'll do a full client one where I'll do like four to five clients that day. And there, and then what's really cool is you then get pictures from start to finish. So you get cool content of you washing hair, yeah. styling hair, of, you know, so it's not just this content of like the finish, right. but you have cool content about the process, the vibe, so that people who are potential guests get to see what it's like to be in your chair from start to finish, not just that beautiful after photo. I love that. That's such a yeah. nice. Yeah. So I that's, that. I think that's probably that. And then we do two weeks of technical. Those are probably the best, um, most favorite weeks um, because with the technical part, I show them they have mannequin heads, they can do it, record themselves, and then I can assess and tell them where they can work. So you kind of get a, a hands-on course inside yeah. of that as well. Um, so we are, the wait list is open. We will launch again the beginning of the year. Um, so if they, go to, if they go to my Instagram or the Facebook page, they can join the wait list. Um, or if you go to allhairacademy.com, you can also join the waitlist. Perfect. I think that's so valuable because a lot of courses, I mean, they could be the most amazing course ever. You can watch every single video, but unless you actually apply what you've learned, it's useless. So that's yeah. really, really valuable to have you basically as a one-on-one -on -one mentor within it and the action steps and the accountability and community too. Yeah, yeah, and, that, yeah. and so it's so interesting because you'll get on these calls and I mean, we had women from New Jersey, from Chicago, from Tennessee, from California, and from Columbia, who are from all over, but we're all having the same struggles. So it's really cool to be able to talk through that and have someone to like lift you up. And and two of my, which I think you interviewed Baina. Yes. Um, 
Faina and Stacy, which is another one of the AHA alum, they actually got together when they did, when Stacy did her shoot. So Baini came and shot all the behind the scenes for her Instagram and her social and then did her hair for her. So I thought that was like really cool. To see, that was like such a proud mom moment. Yes. Um, and then she was like, you know, we had our shot list because we knew exactly what we were going to shoot. You know, and I think that's the hardest part. And for me, if you can plan something and do it all in, you know, one day, two hours and you're good for the month. Yeah. To me, that sounds like better. And then when you have the clients, you can get the great after pictures and the great things for your stories and the great video testimonials. Then you can use those, of course, to like fill your your content Mm -hmm. but when you have this curate especially if you're really focused on like curated pictures then you have stuff that's completely on brand you're not adding filters and making changes so that it fits your grid right yeah Yeah. plus yeah you can kind of control the environment a little more and you're not like seven hours after a color correction and now it's dark and you don't have good light and then you don't get that picture take the picture another day, you know, have them come in with their makeup on and a cute top, you know, and it's fun. Most of the time I feel like they're flattered to do it. They are. They love to see themselves. They, and then I always tell people, then they share it on social. When they make their debut, you send them the link and say, Hey, here you are. Here's the first picture. Like if you want to share on any of your social and they are happy because they look glamorous and Mm -hmm. then they, you know, so they have no problem with helping, which then puts way more eyes on you because they're like oh wait who did her hair oh let me go look and then they go to your they get on your your marketing funnel and they're like oh that's your instagram oh wait there's a couple clients that look like me oh you know yeah yeah these clients are billboards put them to work for you (laughs) yes absolutely yeah so that's so yep so all hair academy get five weeks of an intense mastermind um you get some one-on-one coaching as well so we meet before we start I kind of learn about you as an individual and then give you like a profile. Um, and then we give you like, um, oh, we give you a profile with all of your like wants and needs and where you want to go. And then that's always at the top of your notes. So we send you like a thing for you to take notes on. And then you always know like, okay, I remember I told Crystal, this was my struggle. And it's always front of mind every week. Mm-hmm. So if you, can, if you kind of forget, you're like, oh, okay, hey, you know. And then we always have a Q&A. And then I actually bring in some guest speakers. Um, this one was going to be, um, it'll be on extension. So she's an extension specialist and she does all hair textures. Um, so she'll talk about that. And then another one talking about like curly, um, all of the hair textures and, and how you kind of finish those. Um, and I think it's cool to bring in other perspectives. So I do what I do, but... I, I don't do these things. So I want to also give them that well-rounded part of that. I love it. Well, thank you so much for everything that you shared. And then do you want to give everyone your social handles? Yes. So you can find me at um, Crystal Hair and Makeup on Instagram. And that's Crystal C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L and spelled out makeup. Um, and then you can find me on um, Facebook just as Crystal L. Um, or crystal uh, or crystal hair and makeup so long sorry um, and then you can find out about all hair academy on at allhairacademy.com and if you join our wait list I actually do something a little cool um, I do lots of video tips so um, and then I also you get a freebie on how to plan um, 14 days of social media while your color processes 
I mean, we love free stuff, so yeah, <laughs> more bonus. <laughs> yes. Yes. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, and I know you did, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love hearing from other stylists, so take a screenshot of the episode and tag me in it at Mindful Hair by Emily. If you have a story to share and would like to be on a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you guys next Monday with more Stories with Stylists.